Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy, and welcome to our program today. We're going to talk about continuing in the Word of God. What is the two parts of the Great Commission? We're to go out and win souls, but number two, we're to make disciples of them. The local church's main responsibility is to make Christians into disciples. We'll talk about that today, the role of the local church and the importance of the Word of God in your life. Let's go to the Word of God together. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. You know, there's a story at the end of Paul's life in 2 Timothy chapter 4 where he's about ready to die. And he's telling uh, Timothy all of the things about his life and basically down to this, how many people have deserted him. And he mentioned names. He said, this one's gone after the present evil world. He said, this one over here forsook me. And this one, he went just one after one. He finally said, well, Timothy, you're the only one that's even left. He said, I thought it was interesting what he said, bring me my coat and bring me my parchments. The parchments were what he was writing the word of God. And he was just simply saying at the end of his life, people have forsaken me, but you know what? I'm gonna stick with the word of God. And the most important thing in his life was not the coat, although he needed it in prison because it got cold there, but those parchments, so important to him. And I've often wondered as I was, you know, we'd hear that story and read that particular verse of scripture. How could, how could that ever come to a point where, you know, that, that, that actually the word of God is that important in your life? And then, you know what I found out in my life? You know, I've got lots of friends and I've got ministry friends across the country. But I look back on, I've got many, many ministry friends that have forsaken me. And the point of it is they've not just not forsaken me for just no reason. No, I think about what Paul said. Some went after the world. In other words, they went and found a job that provided more income than the ministry and they forsook the ministry for money. And then others because they found a friend or others because they fell in love with some uh, woman in the world and left the things of God and, and married her. I've had friends get divorces. And just things that I go down the list of things. And you know what? As I get to the end of my life, I look back on that and think about that. You know, was it really worth me getting my priorities so high that it had to be friends that was my best friend? My best friend has turned out to be the word of God. You know why? Because it's faithful. The word of God is so faithful. I talk to ministers today and many of them say, well, you know, Pastor Bob, you know what, what my, my thing is, I really, I seek after the gifts of the spirit. And believe me, that's wonderful. Hallelujah for it. But you realize there's gonna come a day the gifts of the Spirit will be gone. We're told in 1 Corinthians 13, toward the end of the chapter, there's gonna come a day when miracles, signs, wonders, and the and tongues will cease. Why? Because there's gonna come a day there'll be no need to pray for the sick because there'll be no sick. We'll be in the millennial reign of Jesus Christ. There'll be no need for words of wisdom, words of knowledge. I mean, Jesus Christ himself personally will be ruling and reigning and the gifts of the Spirit will come to an end. That's what the meaning of the verse is when it says, when that which is perfect shall come, tongues shall cease and all these other gifts and prophecy will disappear. The point of it is, is that which is perfect is not uh, the word of God, which many have taught that. No, that which is perfect is the coming kingdom. And when that kingdom arrives, there'll be no need for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But until that time, and Satan is the ruler of this world, we need the gifts of the spirit. But one day that will all be gone. But guess what? The word of God lives and abides forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. When you come back to the word of God, it is as eternal as God is. And throughout the history of the yet to come, throughout the millennials of come time, the thousands upon millions upon billions of years yet to come, the word of God will still be exalted above God himself. He said, I have exalted my word above my very name, above my reputation. 
Think about that as we get into what we're about to teach on continue in the word of God, because we're gonna talk about what the real, real substance of success in the, is in the Christian life. And that is giving yourself totally to the word of God. That you take and basically make it, you say, word of God, you're my best friend. On top of that, you're the only one that has ever, never, ever failed me. And the world has failed me and friends have failed me. And I've got friends today that, that have had to come back and apologize for the way they've treated me. And I've had to apologize to other people for the way I've treated them. People are fine and people are wonderful. But honestly, your best friend needs to be the word of God. You'll stick with it. There was times in my life I look back on, I loved to play racquetball many years ago. And when I was a teacher at Raymond, that's where I learned how to play racquetball. The teachers all played it, so I went and played with it, and I went head over heels for it, loved it. And I mean, I became what you'd call an A-level player, almost, all right? There were still people that could beat me, but I'll tell you what, I would give them a run for their money. But there came a time after a while, it didn't mean that much to me. As I kept going with God, eventually I laid those things aside. It wasn't a sin, but it was what's quoted in Hebrews chapter 12 as a weight, the weights and the sins that do so easily beset us. It became a weight in my life where it was not a sin. I just need to put a weight. The time for it was over. And I love cars. I mean, I, I've fixed up cars. I don't fix them up myself. I have people do it for me. I know what I want. And when they're all done, I just look and they're gorgeous. I enjoy driving them. But you know what? There came a time not too long ago, I just sold the last one, thought, you know what? They were fun. I have enjoyed it. But guess what? The word of God is there. And when I die, if there's no one standing beside me, I want my Bible right there. I want my parchments right there beside me because that's the most important thing in my life. And as I go further and further, these things begin to break away. The further you go with God, the less options you have. And that's what we're going to be studying today. If you would turn with me to Acts chapter 2, because at the very beginning of the church, this foundation was laid. And it's brought out here as uh, the uh, author Luke tells us in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 2, where the, first, where the church first began with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, there were 120 in the upper room that went there. I think it's interesting, too, because it says over in 1 Corinthians 15 of the uh, appearances of Jesus before he went to heaven. He appeared here to two on the road to Emmaus, and he appeared to 50 at a time in the disciples. But it said one time he appeared to over 500 at one time. I think this had to be in Acts chapter 1, where, he, where Jesus was standing on the Mount of Olives about to go to heaven, and a great multitude of people were around him. And he said, go to the upper room and wait there for the Holy Spirit, for you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you to be my witnesses. And guess what? Out of 500, 120 ended up in the upper room. Doesn't that sound normal? That even though they stood there with Jesus in his resurrection body, and angels even stood there and confirmed what he had to say. A lot of them didn't go there. Thought, oh, well, look, well, I'll look at the time. Something else has come up. I need to go. I've got other plans coming. And honestly, when they told these things, again, after the upper room and 120 came down, here's what is told in Acts chapter two and verse 41. After that Peter had preached on that day and 3,000 Jews out of every nation under heaven, and these men were devout to the Jewish religion, heard this anointed fisherman give a sermon and they were astounded at his knowledge of the word of God, but it was mainly given to him by the Holy Spirit at that moment as he quoted the Old Testament and uh, told about the coming of Jesus Christ and all the things are going to happen. It says at the end of his sermon, 3,000 Jews accepted him as Lord and Savior. Notice what happens after that. It says there, by the, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, then those who gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were at them about 3,000 souls, 
And verse 42, it didn't stop there. We'd often stop and rejoice. We'd have the pictures on the front of our magazines of 3,000 Jews, devout Jews, accepting Jesus as Lord and Savior. But the Bible just simply says that was the beginning. Let's go into what else happened. And in verse 42, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine is the phrase I want to point out to you. And if you have a Bible you can mark in, underline that phrase, those two words, continued steadfastly. It could have just said they continued in the apostles' doctrine. That would mean they occasionally went to a church, uh, they went home and studied it, and what the doctrine taught, and all that from the apostles, but it doesn't say that. It says they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. That means when they got to church and started hearing the word of God, they made a declaration. They pounded their fist. They stood and made a stance on that and said, I'm going to be steadfast in this. Nothing is going to stop me from hearing the word of God. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I'm going to break that down for you for just a moment. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and in prayers. These four things are the things that make churches successful. And if you're the pastor of a church or you work in a church, understand this. It's not your busing that brings them in, and it's not all the, the, the things you have for the youth and the great children's department. All those things are wonderful and of necessity, but the four things that never change is, number one, people need to put the highest priority on the Word of God. The second highest priority comes in fellowship. When we come to church, there's fellowship. My wife and I were going to church here just a number of months ago. And as we walked into the church service, I'm no longer pastor. I walked into the church service. As we approached the building and the front doors were open where people could walk in and out, all we, it's all we could do. We, we heard just nothing but voices everywhere, hundreds and hundreds of people fellowshipping with each other. And I stopped and looked at my wife and said, honey, this is what heaven's going to be like. Can you imagine when it talks about how loud heaven is? Don't you know that's got to be the fellowship of billions and billions? Billions of people since the church began that have received Jesus as Lord and Savior, fellowshipping in heaven. So here we have it in church. No wonder church is the closest to heaven possible on earth. Then it goes on to say in breaking of bread. This is more than just communion. This is fellowship around eating. And they had times where they met for meals in the church of God. So the breaking of bread as well again as communion, but finally prayers. Four things are mentioned. The word of God, they continued steadfastly in it. And the doctrine that the apostles gave, next of all, fellowship, breaking of bread, uh, food, eating in the church, and finally prayers. We find this in chapter 12 of Acts where Peter was in prison and the whole church met together and prayed for him for his release. And guess what? It happened. Now, the mission of the local church is not only winning souls, but I want you to know is making disciples, maturing saints to be soul winners. This is brought out in Ephesians chapter four and verse 12, that the purpose of church is the, the uh, maturing of the saints to go do the work of the ministry. And the first thing mentioned about the local church was faithfulness to attend and receive the teaching. Notice what it says was they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine, which simply meant they had to go to the place where the apostles were to get the doctrine. And the place where the apostles were was the church. This is the church service they went to. 
And it says apostles and it's plural. At that time, there was no particular leader of the church, which eventually James became the pastor of the church. But until that time, different apostles, and these apostles, many of them were those who traveled with Jesus. This included Peter, and this included John, and others that traveled with Jesus, and they were there beside him. So the stories they told was, I was there when it happened. And so they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I want you to notice the word doctrine. It is the same Greek word as the word teaching, but has to do with the unfolding of the scriptures by taking the scriptures and teaching the depth of it. And I'm sure when John taught a scripture, people probably just went, oh, incredible. Peter got up and taught the same scripture and showed something that John never saw in it because of the multifacetedness of the word of God. And so these things are brought out here and this is what happened. They continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It had to be so good that they took notes, went home and studied over it and continued to study over it. And then being in church, built up an appetite for studying the word of God at home, then going home and studying the word of God at home, developed an appetite. I can't wait to get back for midweek service or for tomorrow night service or whatever it may be. And it said that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. So again, they had to go to the place where the apostles were to get the doctrine. I want to mention to you that what's being offered is this series that I have on continue in the word of God. And the announcer is going to come on and tell you how that you can have it. And again, I thank you. You know, I'm not a pastor right now, although I feel like in somewhat I'm pastoring you. I will never take the place of the pastor that you have at church. But you know what? I enjoy coming and standing beside your pastor, standing beside what your church is doing. And I thank you for being faithful to give to me. Your tithes belong to the church, but thank you also for being faithful to send offerings to me to make all this possible. Now, the announcer's gonna come on and tell you how that you can have a copy of this teaching I'm doing now, which I've taught in the past. And again, to enhance this teaching, there's more on it than I'm even teaching here. So again, stay tuned and I'll be back with you right after halftime. The early church saw great success by continuing in the Word of God. Success in your walk with God is found when you continue in His Word. God wants you to have an abundant entrance into heaven, and that is only possible as you become a disciple of Jesus and study His Word. In this seven-part teaching by Bob Yandian, you'll gain insight into the importance of the Word for success in your daily life as a child of God. Lessons include, Why do we go to church? power and refreshing, overcoming offenses, excuses and reasons, the cost of discipleship, the cost of commitment, and the lifestyle of a disciple. To order Continue in the Word, visit our website at bobyendian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life 
through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Back to Acts chapter 2, verse 41 and 42. Again, I want to quote it. Then those who gladly received his word, that was the preaching of Peter, were baptized. And the same day there were added to them, that's the 120, about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, number one. The, not only the same day that these people entered into the universal church, the first local church began in Jerusalem. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Next of all, in fellowship, that's with each other. Breaking of bread is food and eating and having a, a meals in the church service. And finally, number four was prayers. These things are important. And we're gonna talk mainly about this first one where they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. I want you to they continued, but steadfastly. There comes a time you pound the table, stomp your foot and simply say, the word of God is going to be number one in my life. And I'm going to find as many opportunities to listen to the word of God as possible. And it's also possible to stop and examine your life and find out just how much time you waste with other things that could be done for the eternal word of God to study and make you more profitable in the things of God. I have one particular teaching series I have done and it simply is everything I've done on the New Testament in one particular uh, CD. And on that is almost 400 teachings of uh, books of the New Testament, other things of the New Testament, and uh, again, plus there's like eight e-books that are on this thing. And so anyway, a girl bought it, and, and when she did at the table, uh, it's an expensive one, but when she bought it, she said, is it worth this much money? And I said, listen, if you'll take this and plug it into your car and not ever take it out, leave it in there, don't turn the radio on for any reason, don't listen to talk radio, don't listen to, you know, to uh, uh, your country music or classic rock or whatever you normally listen to, just listen to this and let it be going all the time. I said, you're gonna find your life has changed drastically by taking that much time that you normally spend in wasted things. You know, you get in the car, the first thing you wanna do is blank out your brain and just do something, you know, let something occupy you till you get to the office or wherever you go, you know, to work. And she said, okay, I'll do that. I got it. I got a letter from her almost a year later. She said, I want you to understand something. She said, my life is so drastically changed. She said, I listened to a sermon on the way to the office and when I get back home and I've gone through one sermon, I do that every day. She said, and the next one, it's my books of the Bible. I've learned more from the word of God. She said, my life today is more stable than it has ever been. My thinking is more clear than ever before. I've got more joy than ever before. And she said, all because I have taken that and listened to the word of God. Notice they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. So the mission of the local church is not only winning souls, but notice this, making disciples. Now, winning souls, as far as the church is concerned, is probably the minor part of the service, but the making of disciples is the major part. So many churches make a major deal out of every service of winning souls. So the sermons wrap around getting people saved, but perhaps only four or 5% or even less than that are unbelievers in the church service. The main purpose of a local church service is to mature the saints to go out and do the work of the ministry, which is winning souls for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's because that's where the sinners are. The Bible doesn't say go into all the churches and win souls. It says go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel mainly belongs to the world. Does it belong in the church? Of course it does. But you weave it into a sermon, which is basically for disciples to mature the saints of God and then include in it the simple plan of salvation, then give us 
simple invitation at the end. If there's anyone here that hasn't been saved, we invite you to come and find Jesus as your Lord and the Savior. And of course, it's wonderful. At the end of a service, when four or five people or 10 or 15 come down and receive Jesus, we rejoice in that, but we often forget there's another 300, 400 out there or even more that are coming to be discipled in the things of God. So the major ministry of the local church is discipling people to go out and do the work of the ministry. And so the first thing mentioned about the local church was faithfulness to attend and receive the teaching. Faithful attendance is linked to growth in the word of God. So in essence, what this is saying is if you don't faithfully attend a church, you can mature to some extent from a different group of teachings, but you need a pastor that you know in your heart you're linked to that he becomes the main one that feeds you in your time here on earth. And so you're faithful to come to church on Sunday morning. If there is something on Sunday night, you come. If there's something in the midweek, you come. But whatever you do, you look for ways to be involved in the church and also to hear the word of God. So in essence, you can't stay at home and become fully mature. We live in a day-to-day of great technology where you can stay at home and do so much you know, from your home and then even watch church on on your screen. And that's fine when you're on vacation. When my wife and I are on vacation, we sit there on Sunday morning, we watch the TV, we plug my computer or we plug my uh, laptop into it, and we watch this thing on television. We see our church service going on. The apostles' doctrine means that you have to be where the apostles are to receive the word. A pastor is at the church. He can't come to your house and preach this to you, but you can go to his house and where he has thousands of people there for one purpose, mainly to receive the word of God. So attention and listening to the teaching is also implied where it says they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine. You can't live off streaming video at home. Let me tell you something. When you get to heaven, you're not going to watch what's going around the throne of God from your man on a computer. It's not going to be that way. There's not going to be any computers in heaven. Hallelujah. And in essence, if you want to go where the presence of God is, you join the multitudes around the throne of God and everything is live. And what God is saying is a computer screen, a laptop, an iPad cannot replace physical relationships with people. You know, after this COVID thing was over, getting back to church was wonderful and seeing people without masks and no more distancing from each other. You can walk through the door and you hug each other and you tell each other how great it is. And again, just the, the, the rumble of people talking in church is so important. That's one thing that's going to be seen in heaven. In fact, John said it was so loud in heaven that it was like the sound of many waters standing at the bottom of Niagara Falls trying to talk with someone else. That's how loud it was in heaven. This was the sound of praise and worship, but also has to be the sound of fellowship believers talking with each other. So let's come back to it. Let's talk about the difference between the gospel and the word. Look with me at John chapter eight. Turn to John chapter eight. We're gonna take a look at verses 30 through 32. Jesus here has been preaching to a group of Jews And while he's preaching, he just perceives in himself a word of knowledge that many of them just received him as Savior while he was preaching. So he stopped preaching for just a moment and addressed them. And notice what it says in verse 30. As he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then, then what? While he was speaking these words, Jesus just stopped and said to the Jews who just believed on him, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Notice what he said 
says, if you continue in my word. So when you get born again, you just begin in the word of God. In fact, what's interesting, if you took the Bible and you broke down just the sections that deal on how to get saved, you'd have a sliver here from Isaiah and a sliver here from other verses of scripture, a sliver here from this book. And then the New Testament, you'd have Romans 10, 9 and 10, and you'd have Acts 6, chapter 16, where uh, Paul told the Philippian jailer, you know, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you shall be saved. And so those things are just so simply taught. If you took all those and put them together, your Bible would be about this thick. But how come the Bible's then this thick? because the rest of it is instruction to believers. Old Testament is instruction to believers. New Testament is instruction to believers. Salvation is so simple, that's all it takes is believing in Jesus Christ. But after you get born again, now it's time to continue in the word. Salvation is starting in the word of God, but don't stop after salvation. You still have 99% of the word of God left to go teachings from all the different places on how that you can become mature. And that's what the word of God is for. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You say, well, I thought I got free when I got born again. That's freedom for your spirit. But what this verse is talking about is the more you have the word of God in you, your soul is set free, your thinking is set free, which controls every part of your body every part of your life. That girl I told you about, she simply said, I have never found such freedom, such stability. My life has radically changed because that, why? Because now her soul is being renewed. This is simply Romans chapter 12, that by the renewing of your mind, you now become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. So notice this, the gospel makes you a believer but the word of God makes you a disciple. The word of God gets you saved. And then the word of God also after that, it makes you into a disciple. The first part of the word of God to you is believe on Jesus Christ. He died for your sins. He cleansed you from your sins. All you have to do is now receive it. If you receive it, as many as received him, he gave the power to become the sons of God. But after that, now you switch to the word of God. After being born again, you could hear about salvation. Yes, it is preached from the word of God, but so simple, you don't need to open up a Bible. You just need somebody to preach it to you, demonstrate it for you, and you receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Whether it be in a great big uh, amphitheater somewhere or sitting in front of your television or a friend is witnessing to you at the office, they lead you to Jesus Christ. Jesus just simply stopped and said to them while they believed on him, he stopped and said, now, if you'll continue in my word, then are you my disciples. Notice the word continue. That word continue goes right back to the fact that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Same word is used here. He said, then you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. There is a freedom when you first get born again, but there's a freedom in life that comes to where you can be around a Christian and you know he's a Christian. Why? He's happier than anybody else around you, more content than anybody around you, more filled with faith than anyone around, more optimistic toward the future. Looking back on every problem he's come through, he said, I learned something here. The Lord delivered me out of that. I have grown even through the difficulties of my life. I have grown. He said, that is what a disciple is. So we come back to it again. Let's define a disciple. It's simply this. A disciple is one who continues in the word. Doesn't start only in the word of God, continues. But also like it said there in Acts chapter two, you continue steadfastly in the word. Discipleship is not just a spiritual buddy or a mentor. That's what's being taught in churches today. Well, discipleship is finding yourself a Christian friend where you can talk these things over. No, discipleship is coming from a leader of the word of God, the pastor in 
in the church. The one who uh, studies the word of God all the time and his main function, his calling, his occupation is to open up the word of God and simply unfold it for you to where you can see the revelation and the depth of God's word. There's a calling on his life. Yes, friends and buddies are important to talk over the word of God, but that is not what discipleship is. The main means of discipleship is the teaching of the word of God. If the word makes disciples, then more word must produce more disciples and more stable disciples. Churches that continually teach the word of God and make it the number one priority. The pulpit is in the middle of the platform. It's not to the right, it's not to the left, it's not on a lower level and there's not two levels of pulpits up there. What you've got is this the main thing in the middle of the platform, why? Because it is the main thing of this church that we are going to teach the word of God. This is great stuff and I'm even getting exciting teaching it again. So we will see you tomorrow as we continue on this subject of continuing in the word of God. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.